It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. Your week, your sports. John Glass here, hanging out with Mr. Jeff Matthews and Clarksville Now's Christian Brown for this week's episode. Boys, how are we feeling? Pretty great. How about you, Jeff? I'm feeling fantastic. There was so much going on in sports this past weekend, but some really cool stuff coming out of Austin P. Mm-hmm. and then also some high school stuff, which we'll get into here in just a little bit, but I'm doing fantastic enjoying this Clarksville weather. Oh yeah, it's sunny, warm, spring-summertime temperatures, perfect to get out there to the ballpark to go see the Austin P. baseball team or softball team. A lot of really cool stuff happening. We're going to talk on high school sports, Amari Berry. Uh, we're going to get into a really fun interview with Aaron King from the Girls Flag Football League. Uh, and then we're going to get into Austin P. Sports. The girls currently at the A-Sun Championships. Uh, the boys... Men's golf, they're going to be getting into the A-Sun Championship coming up. Uh, red and black game, a lot of points scored there. And then we're going to get into men's softball and baseball who are on fire right now, running some win streaks. It's a lot of fun stuff happening, so let's get right into it. Amari Berry, five-star recruit coming out of Clarksville High School. Christian, she is a big talent. Yeah, she's insane. You know, the the crazy thing about her is she's great with the ball in her hands, but she's even better off ball. Like her scoring ability is just already at a next level. So coming in her junior season, she was labeled a four star recruit and ranked thirty second in the nation. She jumped twenty spots this past season and is now ranked twelfth in the nation in addition to that five star rating. So it's just amazing to see a Montgomery ta- County talent just continue to grow through her high school career. And she has one season left. Yeah, she's incredible. I mean, watching, I've only watched her play, I think, maybe once or twice that I've had a chance to go out there and watch a game. But she's incredible to watch. She's averaging right now 26 points per game, which is almost ludicrous. But like like he said, he, she's really great off the ball, able to put herself in position to help in that defense, help in the offense any way she can, just adding kind of a mass in the in, on the court. But then, like, to talk about her leadership, she is a strong leader for Clarksville High. Yes, she is. And, you know, that's one reason she's so sought after from these top programs in the nation. You know, she has offers from University of Tennessee, Kentucky, which is personally my favorite, then Ole Miss, Louisville, and Connecticut. Yeah, no, you're talking about those big recruitments, yeah. UConn, UT. I mean, everybody knows the, the UConn dynasty when it comes to female basketball. Oh, yeah, and the legacy of Tennessee basketball. Yeah. Holly Warlick just got that extension. All deep runs in the NCAA tournament this year so it's going to be fun to see her her senior season and how it's all going to pan out I'm interested to see if she's going to stay in state because I think there's a fair chance but I can't speak for her so has she all, talked about it has she no, talked she, about any, she like, has been very or? closed off to the media for good reason good. too she wants yeah. to focus on herself and just growing as a player you know and that's great and I, I'm going to respect that always for the student athlete, and I'm because Brian Rush requested that I do. Oh, for so, sure. Of course, I'm going to follow his lead. And you know, it's probably good, good for her. You know, just yeah. staying focused, that looking towards that senior year, senior season, uh, trying to do the best, not just for her future career, but for the career of Clarksville High and what yeah. they're going to do next year, which and, <laughs> make a deep run in the state tournament. Yeah, they fell just short in the quarterfinal from this past season, which I definitely thought they'd go on to win, but. Yeah. You know, I think they're more hungry than ever to get back there and finish what they started. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, with a year left, there's no telling as far what can happen during the season. Yeah. I mean, with her playing the way that she played this past season, she is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Clarksville area. But more than that, when it comes to that state tournament time, and she's got to face teams, I think, like Blackman, or you're going up against teams out of Murfreesboro. And those are t- tough teams, and she's definitely somebody you're going to want to have on your team. Oh, yeah. Hungry, determined, ready to take on the year. And I'm ready uh, to see what she brings to Clarksville High. Now, uh, it's important to note real quick as well, she was player of the year for the Clarksville Now All-Area Team. So go check that out on Clarksville Now uh, with addition to the 14 other players selected. Oh, yeah, really cool list, really cool story. Go check it out. Uh, Right now, we are going to get into this little awesome interview with Aaron King of the Girls Flag Football League. Welcome back to Your Week, Your Sports. I'm Jeff Matthews, and Christian Brown is with me as we sit down to talk with Aaron King. and He is the head coach of Girls Flag Football over at West Creek, also a very good friend of mine from back in my Austin P days. Aaron, great to have you in. Appreciate you having me, guys. This is awesome. So let's just I just want to go ahead and jump right into it because this is so cool. It's a new sport for the Clarksville area, but not just Clarksville. It's all over uh, basically the upper parts of Middle Tennessee, mm. and it's... It's a Titans initiative. Is that correct? Correct. So the Titans are sponsoring uh, pretty much this whole thing. Uh, they've they've bought all of the uh, Clarksville Montgomery County schools, uh, all their jerseys, um, some starting equipment and like the footballs and flags and stuff like that. They've also talked about trying to get us a care package to get us things like ladders, uh, possibly paint. I'm not sure if that's going to work out. We'll see. Uh, that'd be great. But uh, just some other things like that. But yeah, they are sponsoring this whole thing moving forward, at least this first year. We'll see what happens moving into year two. Um, but they've been nothing but awesome to work with. Uh, got our jerseys almost almost too late, but we got them on time. It's all good. But so they, we, we loved it. They've really went the extra mile for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the tight, like I said, Titans have been great. We actually had to sit down with one of their um, one of the Titans employees and uh and a member from uh usa football who's like usa football is like the governing body of um flag football in the nation so they're the ones that are going to be pushing this for uh possibly bigger and better things in the future but we got had a big meeting with all the coaches titans in usa football and uh yeah it's just a lot of support from you know on the national level too so it's awesome so looking at getting a sport started, I'm sure is not the easiest task to do it. Talk about you're also the head uh, girls and boys golf coach mm. over at West Creek. Mm. Can you talk about that transition of uh, going from that, but then also introducing this new sport to West Creek? Yeah, so I think uh, anybody who knows any sports, they know golf and football is a lot different. Very different. Very different, <laughs> right? Very different. But uh, so it, it almost was... Uh, I'd like to say I had a little bit of experience at kind of restarting a sport because golf at West Creek high school, when I took over was not really a thing. Right. Um, and that's just, that's just kind of where the school is, you know, I mean, you're 20, 25 minute drive from any golf course. So you're not going to get a lot of those demographic of kids that want to go out and play golf. Right. Um, so I, at least I've had a little bit of experience of trying to build that culture. Cause right now for golf, we've, I think this will be the first year, uh, this coming season that we'll have a full boys and full girls team in West Creek high school history. Oh, that's awesome. Right. So it's, it's really cool. Um, so for flag football though, it's a little bit different because golf is very niche 
Right. Whereas flag football is just athletic, right? It's almost universal. Everybody, I mean, it's football. Everybody knows football and you kind of know the gist of it. Right. And and so we put out feelers and and I've always wanted to coach football, but I never wanted to be a football, like a football coach because that's a year long commitment, man. I mean, you get done in November and you're starting up practices in February, you know, and you're just all year long, you get like a month off and you're back. I mean, you want to talk about a full-time job. I mean, you're no rest at all. <laughs> Not even for assistance, man. No. So I've always wanted to do it. So I felt like this was like my perfect compromise of like, I don't have to spend all year on this, but I can still do what I really enjoy doing. Um, but no, so we put out a feeler at, uh, we learned about this kind of late December. Um, we put out a feeler sometime in January, about mid January. And it was just in the form of a, uh, like an interest meeting where you signed in just to see if you'd want to do that. We expected about 30 or 40 girls come in and want to do that. Um, we didn't expect over a hundred girls. That's incredible. Yeah. We didn't expect over a hundred girls. Um, and now is that county wide too, numbers wise? No, that's no. just within our confines of our building. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm at like, is oh. there heavy interest everywhere in the county? Oh, so most some schools are different, um, and like I, I'm not, I don't want to call any schools out by name immediately at all. Um, but some schools like us have had over 100 girls interested. Some girls at one point, or some teams at one point this season, I heard went down to like five or six girls and this on is, the team. And this is pretty much every high school in Clarksville right now. Is that correct? Correct. It is every high school in Clarksville and there's seven of them. Right. Um, they are all participating in a, in a capacity. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was a pretty good turnout um, for most schools, some schools, not so much, but that's going to continue to yeah. develop. Right. Of course. Um, so you know, some of the schools that maybe didn't have that level of commitment early on, they're going to get players because it's a fun sport. The coaches are great. I've met all of them. They're great. Um, but yeah, we had over a hundred girls within our walls wanted to play flag football. And we narrowed that down to, I believe it was 29 or 30. And then a couple of them, as they made the team had to drop out. Cause they're like, Hey, sorry, I've got AAU basketball during those days, or I got soccer practice or I've got volleyball. And uh, you'd be surprised how many of those we have to deal with, even with some of the ones on the team now, because they're like, these girls are just freak athletes. You know, some of them are going are we've we've got one girl in particular that's like she could almost just like pick a soccer school she wants to go to and she'll go to it. You know, I mean, she's she's that crazy. Um, And there's times when she leaves uh, most practices, she leaves track practice comes to flag football practice, leaves to go after flag football practice to go to her soccer practice. That's dedication right yes, there. That's exactly what I was yeah. about to say. You love to see young athletes putting <laughs> yeah. in that kind of dedication. Yeah. You also don't want them to overdo it when they're that young. Correct. And 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 that's a good point because there are restrictions that oh. we were told about. Because this is not a TSSAA sanctioned sport, they did not want girls to have to make a choice. Right? Okay. So... And it's it's kind of wonky and it's it's hurt. And this goes for every single team. I'm not sure about Metro Nashville, but right. I think it is Metro Nashville. This is how they operate too. preseason. So from the first week of February to before the, the week before the first set of games, you each team can only have three hours a week of practice. 
a week. So that's essentially we can put it in. You got three days a week, one hour each day. We we separated it into. Um, we did. I can't remember what we did. I think we did Mondays and Thursdays. No, we did Tuesdays, Thursdays, hour and a half each. Okay, hour and a half each because we we thought about an hour and we're like, an hour is going to fly. It, it, way too much. Way too quickly. Way too quick. So we we did Tuesdays, Thursdays for an hour and a half each. And then once season starts, that number goes down to two hours a week. Wow. Yes. They take it down when season starts? Correct. Because, I was expecting you to say it was going to go up. Correct. Yeah, it go, it like goes down. five hours. And, that, and that, it kind of makes sense, too, because now you're dealing with games. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there is that. Um, but they do that, I believe, because they don't want girls to... Like, for example, the soccer player, right? If we were to have her on and practice her and run her for like, you know, some gosh, some some high school football teams will practice for three, four hours a day, it seems like sometimes, right? Uh, and that's like five days a week. They don't want flag football to get that crazy to where now she has it's to make a choice. Right? right. She has to make a choice, right? right. She has to choose a, a sport she really wants to play. Like, like maybe she really wants to play flag football and maybe she really wants to play soccer, but she's also going to go to college for soccer. So now she has to make a choice this way. It's kind of, it works out for everybody. Yeah. Um, are there still girls that we lost? Absolutely. We lost, gosh, we lost probably three girls that I could, I could tell you right now, they probably would have made a starting spot on our roster. Yeah. Um, possibly even iron manning just because they had other commitments at other sports that they couldn't take time away from. Right. Um, so it is what it is. One of them said that this is their last year doing said sport. So they'll be back with us next year. Wow. So I can't, that that'll be fun. Um, to but deal yeah, with that. it's <laughs> so there, there's a lot of stuff to this. That's not like a, not like a completely, not like a normal sport, mostly because it's not TWSAA sanctioned. Again, we're here talking with Aaron King, the head coach for girls flag football over at West Creek. Now, Aaron, we were just talking about um, you talking about, these girls having to make choices between sports. One, a question I kind of was thinking about was, have you had any, like have any other coaches from these other sports kind of stepped in and maybe been almost against it because they don't want their players to, I don't know if you can answer that. That might be a little touchy subject. That's a great question. That's a great question because, um, no. Okay. And I, and I say that because, uh, we understand our place, right? right? Because we are not the TWSAA sanctioned sport. We are not the sport where these girls have scholarships, right? We want it to be eventually, right? But we're the new kid on the block. You yeah. know, we may be kind of cool and flashy right now, but we don't have any girls on scholarship right now. We don't have any girls that are getting colleges looking at them. Um, so we we designed our practice times to be the least conflicting time of the day. Um, so the only real practice that we have to kind of juggle around is track and our track girls and our track men's team are like, they're good, right? They're pretty good. Um, but we have to kind of move around that. So we actually start our practice at four thirty instead. Okay. So we, we host a little like a study hall where like kids that, it's mostly for like if kids don't want to leave school just to come back, just to leave again, we offer a time when from like two thirty 
to like 4.15 or 4.10 when they start getting changed ready to go, that we just offer a time for them to sit down and get their homework done, get their classwork done. We just open a room for them and let them do their thing. Um, because track practice starts at 2.30 and runs to like 4. Oh, wow. So we don't we don't conflict with anybody's practice right. times at all. So that has really helped us out. And honestly, the track coach has been great to work with this season. We've talked to him about some things, and he he's great. He We have track girls on his team that are on our team, right? And he's just like, look, I understand we all's position. You understand my position. Just have the girls email me the day prior if they're going to miss for a game because I know practices aren't a problem. But when we... It like if we have a meet on the same day, y'all have a game. I just need the girls to email me a day prior, so that way I know. And That's I'm understandable. Like, that is way too easy. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. It makes your job so much easier. Oh my gosh! And it's like, yeah, it's, it was it was just great. So I haven't had any problems with coaching or co- other coaches so far. You know, intermingling with players, like in terms of like their team and our team mixing and things like that. It's been a great environment. I think that speaks to the culture of West Creek athletics, maybe too, as well. Yeah, I, I think I think we're in the. I think we definitely have a good, a really great set of coaches right now that are um, that are. I think we're starting to kind of turn the page on a few culture things at West Creek, and I, I'm glad to kind of be a part of that yeah, it's pretty def- cool definitely yeah. so from your perspective what does this opportunity mean to these girls at the high school level being able to play flag football oh man I, I can't tell you how cool it is to see how serious they're taking this yeah. like it's not they're not um they're not just taking this like a intramural sport like they are here to work <laughs> and um not only that I think it's a credit to some of the people that we have on staff that we have created such a positive environment for these girls that I've, I've never seen in my life a more positive group chat in my life. Like I, I still have a, for example, right. We were supposed to have game yesterday. Okay. Didn't work out because of rain, poor field conditions, things like that. Other behind the scenes and financial issues. Um, But one of our girls wanted us to honor her brother um, for the game who had passed away a few years ago. And that day, yesterday was his birthday. Okay. Right. Well, game got canceled. And so in my head, I'm like, Oh no, we honored, we were supposed to honor him today and it didn't work out. And so what's the first thing I start seeing after I send that message out that the game has been canceled and rescheduled. We start having girls initial and a, on all of their hands and send it to the group chat and tag no both, 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 both of the sisters wow. and, I just got and, and, yeah, and, say, and say, we got your back. Oh, man. absolutely. How yeah. Beautiful so is that? it's, it's great. The girls are really enjoying it. Um, it's a super positive atmosphere. Um, it means a lot to them and they're taking it super serious. Are there like, are there emotions? Of absolutely. Course. Sports. Absolutely. Because and there should be. Yeah, absolutely. Because these girls are putting a lot of work in. Yeah. Right. And, we came with the mindset early on that, hey, as much as we want to have fun and we're going to have fun, I want to win ball games, right? If you're not coming every single day to take someone's spot, this may not be the sport for you. And they've taken that to heart. And unfortunately, like some people who may have started maybe don't have a 
don't have a starting spot right now because we've kind of worked some things around and some people have stepped up. Uh, some people maybe need more development, right? But at the end of the day, all of them still made the team. All of them hold a special place on that team and we want them on that team. Um, and they know that, yeah. right? N- none of them are ups- like uh, most of them are upset at themselves because they feel like they're not working hard enough. And that's just not true. Yeah. Like these girls are awesome. They're great. And they all need to know that. And yeah. and we're trying to put so much positive reinforcement in everything we do. They just love it. And I think it's really starting to open up their mind. Like we've had some girls that have had great issues up to this point, and even on other sports teams. And then they get to flag football and all of a sudden they're like, I need to get my grades up. Wow. I want to play. And all of a sudden we're getting emails from teachers. Like, I don't know what y'all are doing, but it's working. That's awesome. (laughs) Keep it up. Right. So not only are we helping them on the field and helping them with that, it's, it's also helping them in the classroom. So it's, it's, it's it's pretty fun. It's It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And as a teacher myself, it's like, Oh, finally. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing a student athlete, man. Got to keep your grades up. Well, and I think of it, I think of it, if they're taking it this seriously, I feel like that makes it a little bit easier to transition into a TSSAA sanctioned sport. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and, um, it it is nice though, because we, we don't have a lot of girls who are, who are having issues with grades. Um, I, I want to say our average is like a, 3.3 3.3 okay so yeah, it's it's really not bad no. like we we've got some girls that are just straight up like 4.0 athletes that were wow. just like do we even need to check your grades like <laughs> seriously never like seriously do we even need to <laughs> um but no it's it that having that academic side does help um and will help our case to try to make it TSSAA absolutely that's pretty cool. I want to also talk I want to get into kind of the rules of flag football yeah. here because you know I think all of us have played a form of flag football mm. in our early days, maybe even recently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but I want what is the now. blocking looking like? Is blocking <laughs> legal these days? Because I know at one point blocking was illegal in flag football. Right. So uh, that's actually interesting you say that because we've we've we have gone through the rules as much as we can to try to see what we can do, and we've watched that you can go on YouTube right now and watch the uh, Georgia State Championships where they actually played it at Georgia State uh, University on their field. Um, we've done a lot of film study, uh, and they have the same set of rules. Yes, you can block. Okay. But it is, it is different. So, uh, we're going to start throwing some football terminology out there. (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's get ready. So, uh, we'll just stick with blocking right now and then we'll deal with other rules later. But, um, so for blocking behind the line of scrimmage, okay, you can pass block like backwards like like tackles do in football right you can pass block create the pocket um but you cannot initiate contact you cannot grab them move them with your hands or arms you have to do it like a basketball screen right so just like correct you have to just get in their way you have to you know how some people put their hands by their waist or behind behind their back all of our girls were taught hands behind your back because i don't want hands to be even don't even get a problem right so we actually on most of our formations we have two i call them guards but we have two offensive linemen on either side of the center that block so that gives our quarterback enough time to make that read right um but What's also cool is, you know, on football, 
they're not el- uh, offensive linemen are not, not eligible right. to receive, right? Unless they declare eligible and they play almost as if like another tight end, right? Correct. Um, everybody on the field is eligible at any any time. What? Okay. Everybody on the field is eligible at any time. So, so there's if there's some, an opening, they're boom. there. So the so our offensive lineman's job is um, if so obviously you try to recognize blitzers. If you see a blitzer, you get in their way. That's your job. If you don't recognize a blitzer on your half of the field, your job is to sit there, analyze, find real estate. That's all it is. Be a safe, be a safety valve for your quarterback. Now, do you have any scripted screen plays for offensive linemen? I mean, I would love to go into that if we weren't <laughs> midseason. Uh, I, I was yes, there are some, okay. there are there are a couple plays that we we like to incorporate offensive linemen. In. Okay, absolutely. Opposing coaches, you did not. Hear that, no, by the no, way. no, 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 no. <laughs> How far you guys are a few weeks into the season? We have postseason coming up pretty soon, actually. Yeah, yeah. So there's only seven schools. Um, so you're talking there's only really six games that you can play throughout right. the year, uh, and that's including a buy. So we have a buy day. So everybody, everybody plays on every game day, right? So if it's like. Yes, if it's like our next Thursday is April 13th, right? Um, let's say we had a normal game on April 13th. Let's just take the 10th because everybody plays on the 10th. We play Kenwood on the 10th, which is our next game, Monday. Everybody plays on the 10th except for one team. Gotcha. League-wide so, schedule. Right, yeah. league-wide schedule. Everybody plays on every game day except for one team. We just had the first bye. It's like we had the first bye week, and then we just play six straight games. You know, sometimes it's always on a Monday or Thursday. It could be, uh, it could be a week. It could be you know Monday and Thursday, and then another Monday. But then it could be next Monday, so it could be a week off. And, and you're so, talking about games, right? You're talking correct, about okay. Correct. So you so could games. be playing once or twice a week. A week correct. Yeah. So th- I think that's where that two hour practice comes into play a little bit because like that definitely has to have some kind of yeah some kind of Limit. influence on that. Correct. Yeah. We've done it to where we played a game on Monday and then we did our practice on Tuesday, our practice on Wednesday, played a game on Thursday. Ooh, was that rough? Little bit, little, little bit. bit, little bit. We decided uh, one time that what we're going to do is we we played a game on Monday. We actually gave them a, a two hour softer practice, and then gave them if they if since they won the game, uh, gave them Wednesday off to like R and R before next game. And of course, that was supposed to be yesterday, and then it got rained out, so they get extra time to kind of rest up because uh, we don't have any more practice time. <laughs> we're all out for this week. we're all out for this week. Um, so, yeah, so it's definitely interesting. So, yeah, there is blocking in flag football. Now, behind the line of scrimmage, right, you can pass block. You just have to get in their way. Now, also right. defenders, um, so beyond, behind the line of scrimmage, it is the defense's obligation, and this is very important because people don't understand this. Even players and referees don't understand this yet because it's a new sport uh, and everybody's learning. Behind the line of scrimmage, it is the defense's obligation to avoid the offensive player. So they cannot move them physically. Okay, so no they have to go around them. Moves. Correct. You can't you can't swim move. You okay. can't just like slap their arms. You have to find a way to go around them. You can't just go through them. Right. So it's all about footwork, right? Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. So it's important to find that one girl who's really good at fast. And you said that right? was behind the line of scrimmage. So on all, the towards line the quarterback. On the line of scrimmage, contact can be made. No. There okay. is zero contact that should be made. There is contact that in the games that we have played. Um, but 
It is what it is. <laughs> New sport. Everybody's still everybody's learning. Everybody's learning. And that's so. just how it has to go, right? Correct. Yeah, there is a learning curve. Now, but now the roles reverse once you get past the line of scrimmage. So once you go, once the ball progresses past the line of scrimmage, it is now the offense's obligation to avoid the defensive player at all costs. Okay. So that means two things. One, it makes sense because you don't want somebody getting a ball and just running straight at one of the defenders and just lowering a shoulder for contact, right? That's very dangerous. Have we seen that this year? Yes. Oof. Have they been called? No. Oh, no. That's what's been kind of weird, right? Um, So, again, we're learning. It's okay. We're learning. But... Um, but, um, other things like you cannot downfield block. That's what, that was my next question. You cannot downfield block. So you, if the offensive player gets the ball on the other side of the line of scrimmage, all offensive players must disengage immediately. They cannot even get in the way of a defender who has a line to the ball carrier. Wow. And if they do, that is, an, that is a flag. That is a penalty. Now, is that known as interference? Yes. It's like a, it's a different terminology. Okay. It's um, illegal, like an illegal screen okay. or illegal block downfield or something like that. Uh, and, and since it's a live ball, all live ball penalties in flag football are also loss of down. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So there's some interesting rules in this whole yeah. entire game. Yeah. So uh, I actually have a list of a few of them that are a little bit different. If you want me to just run through them yeah, real quick. Go for it. So the field, uh, the field is a little bit different, but it's actually larger than I thought it would be. It's 80 yards long. Um, so the, the back of our end zone end zones are basically the front of normal football end zones. Yeah. That's what I was Picturing. Correct. So 80 yards long uh, from end zone to end zone line uh, by 40 yards wide. So it's still a fairly large field, but again, it's seven on seven. There's not 11 on 11. That was going to be my next question was how many were on that field. Correct. So uh, it's a lot of field to work with. There is no hashes, um, but uh, it's not like normal football where it's like first and 10, right? There are four, I'm sorry, I'm getting emails because I'm a teacher. I'll turn that (laughs) off. Um, There are four 20-yard zones for first downs, okay? And those are fixed. Okay. So if the offense progresses past that line, it's a first down, right? So the next play, depending on how far that ran, you could be first and one. Right. Right. Or you could be first and 19. Yeah, I was about to say. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You were just first down, second down, third down. You just have to try to get past that line. So now fourth down comes, right? And most offenses, if they don't want to go for it, they what? Punt. Punt. There is no punting in flag football. Not shocking on an 80-yard field. Correct. But Georgia does it. They punt, which is interesting. Uh, But they don't want us punting. So that's fine. So we as coaches in that moment on fourth down have to make a decision. Do we want to go for it or do we tell the referee we declare punt? If we declare punt, the referee will say punt, punt, punt. They'll pick the ball up, walk it 30 yards, place it. That's where the next offense takes over. It's automatic 30 yards. Wow. Automatic 30 yards. And if it's, if it's within 30 yards of the goal line, they'll just do half the distance. 
I think Tennessee okay. put, needs to put some respect on those special uh, teams players. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying punters are people, too. Yeah, man. that's I'm what I'm saying. They're some of my favorite positions. We got, we got some girls that like soccer players. I was going to say, they have soccer players. They can boot it, man. 50 I'm like, yards, not 30. <laughs> I'm like, can we punt? <laughs> well, I was, uh, you and I, I think you and I might have talked about this before. The, the young lady out of Vanderbilt, she was a soccer player. Yes. And Vanderbilt recruited her to come uh, kick for them. Absolutely. For that one game. And she yeah. was the first female in an SEC game. And yeah. it was incredible. Sarah F- Fuller? Sarah yes, Fuller. Thank yeah, you. Sarah Fuller. Yeah, sure enough. And we, we had girls just the other day that were just like, uh, just came off a of track practice, that, that soccer player I was talking about. And uh, she went and put the ball down and was just like, I wanted to see if I can kick a field goal. And she's like, okay, we're not on the football field. So I was just like, okay, let's just imagine a field goal that way. <laughs> and uh, man, she booted it. Really? I was like, oh, <laughs> man, if we could kick field goals, we'd be... We'd be hitting them from like every part of the field. Now That'd the be boys' crazy. head coach may reach out to her now. Oh man, hearing that. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, all right, so so no punting. You have to declare punt. It's a uh, the way the clock works. It is two twenty minute halves, running clock. Okay. These are quick ball games. Yes, okay? they are. Now inside of two minutes, uh, supposed to get. A per the USA football rules uh, or guidelines that we were given within two minutes of each half at the two minute mark, we get a two minute warning. Okay. Okay. Um, so a lot of these rules are, again, it's NFL flag. NFL flag football is what this is kind of sanctioned under. So when we call pro clock, that is like the NFL, right? So just keep in mind, except for one aspect of it, it's kind of more like college. But if the score within, is within, 10 points, so nine points or less, with two minutes to go in the second half, then we go to pro clock. Pro clock means the only thing, the things that now stop the clock are incomplete passes, out of bounds, timeouts, injuries, like a normal situation situation in NFL. The only difference is first down, stop the clock. First down, okay. Correct. Okay. So kind of, it's Which like is college it's, based right there, right. but everything else is pro. Correct. Gotcha. Uh, now we had an issue uh, in our last game where um, the, the, the crew told me, I'm sitting there looking at the clock, like we're, we're up by two scores and I'm looking like, why is the clock stopped? We just ran. Why is it? And I looked at him and I said, why? He said, cause it's pro clock. I'm like, do you watch NFL? Do you watch, <laughs> Do you watch football? And he's, he's like, and we, we got, we kind of went back and forth with it. And he's like, coach, if it's, if it, how about this at the end of the game, if it's pro clock, if pro clock is the way you describe it, I'll look it up and I'll let you know who's right. And I'm like, that's fine. That doesn't help me right now. I was about to say, that's after the game. <laughs> that doesn't help man. me right now. He, they were stopping the clock after every single play. Ooh. There were five possessions in the last two minutes of the ball game. That is oh. a lot. That's a lot. I'm like, does this feel like football to you? And he came back to me at the end and said, coaches want to let you know you were right. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, know. I read it. I promise. Doesn't that feel so good? <laughs> I, I have the same packet. Like, <laughs> oh man. It was, it was, it was funny. It was funny. Um, like we're all learning. Yeah. It's all good though. Um, so also no fumbles. Fumbles are not a thing. Fumbles are dead ball. As soon as the ball hits the ground, play over. That's right? understandable. That's trying to limit the contact. Right. And a lot of girls don't like, they, they wish there was fumbles and I'm like, no, 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 no. Especially with no, no helmets. Correct. And it's like, you, you say that until there's a dog pile. Or, or you get <laughs> yeah. a concussion and yes. this, we won't be able to play anymore. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I actually like that rule. Now the thing with, uh, fumbles is, 
Um, the the ball is down. The line of scrimmage is where the ball hit the ground. So if it's a lateral, wherever the ball hit the ground, that's the that is the new back. line of scrimmage. Wow. Correct. So don't be throwing it too far behind you. Yeah. Don't be throwing it too far behind or you. Or limit right? those plays. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's things to think about right there, right? So hmm. um, there's other penalties too, like uh, flag guarding is a big one that yep. is not being called as much as it probably should have, but they're getting we're getting better at seeing them. Like we had one that uh, – and flag guarding, for those who don't know, it's, it's basically just like s- slapping somebody's hand from trying to get your flag – um, you have to allow the person an attempt at your flag. You can't just like move their hand out of the way and it's like and blocking the flags. plate in Major League Baseball. Correct. Like you can't do that. Like we had one girl that um we had a really long run and she had the ball in her hand, uh you know, just holding it out on its own, and she just slapped the girl's hand with the ball and it sounded like dodgeball just ping just like that and they threw a flag and we had girls on our side like what no you're kidding me i'm like no 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 that was flag guard that was a good call that was was a great call we'll just run another play it's fine go back that's fine no you (laughs) hey you can't do that (laughs) um so there's that and then uh conversions because there's no kicking there's no punting um you can have a one point conversion from the three yard line or you can have a two point conversion from the 10 and it's a one and it's a one play I kind of like that a yeah. little bit of choice right there. You go for the one or go for the two. Correct. And I, I, I will normally go for one just cause I want points. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel a lot more confident in getting three yards, obviously than 10. Um, but we've had some coaches that are like, I'm going for two every time. And I'm like, okay, good luck. <laughs> got my defense ready hey our defense is lights out man i tell That's you good. our defense we actually have five coaches we're the we're the only team that has more than like two coaches wow. uh, we have a whole staff like i i'm i'm head coach but i deal with offense we have another co-head coach uh coach keisha fetterman that she's amazing she deals with all like the educational side and behind the scenes side of things but she also gets everybody hype right <laughs> so awesome. she's great i could not do this without her um, but she also helps with defense. Uh, her son, uh, coach, uh, Darren Morris, he helps with offense with me. Right. Um, and then her let's, uh, our defense coordinator is a guy named, uh, Trevor Weaver. Uh, and his defense has been lights out this year. And then Rachel Lejeune is our strength and conditioning. So they don't wow. like her very much because <laughs> she makes them run, but they, they love her, but they hate her. So I don't think anybody hate. likes love their strength really. and conditioning no. coach, <laughs> no. but it's great. We, we, we love every opportunity that we have. Um, it's a great sport. We love it. Our girls love it. Um, and I, I hope, I hope it'll be sanctioned sooner rather than later. What a great innovation of the game of football. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Continuing to move. I think of the rivalry between baseball and softball. Is it happening now with football? I really hope so. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's two different things with flag football and pads. But, I mean, I think uh, I think that's definitely one way to motivate them, right? You mean mm. you put them on a field and they're like, look, we can do this just like the guys. I, I mean, Absolutely. it starts to build that up. And you kind of like to see that. It's growing the game of football. And yeah. it's, that's always cool. And our, flat, and, our, and our football team actually was supposed to come out yesterday and support and have a whole section to the stands. Oh, that's so uh, cool. And, of course, the one time it uh, rains. It rains. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So so come to the next game. Yep. Hey, come on out to Monday against Kenwood at West Creek. and Kenwood at West Creek? Kenwood at West Creek. It's All of them are 6 p.m. kickoffs. So, um, so Monday, 6 p.m. at West Creek. Uh, and then we've got Thursday 
uh, April 13th against Rossview. That's the rescheduled game. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we were here with Aaron King, head coach for Girls Flag Football over at West Creek. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. It really was a pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me out here. But more importantly, thank you guys for shedding some light on on girls athletics, female Absolutely. athletics in the local area. Course, because man. I don't think this is getting enough light. And y'all are kind of spearheading this right now. There's a couple of the people who are reporting on this. Um, but y'all are, y'all are definitely... Uh, part of that movement so i really appreciate you guys because this is also going to become an olympic sport i think within the next decade wow see and that's exciting yeah i just yeah. want to point out one other thing uh, our interview with aaron will be on clarksville now next week uh once i write it up an article so awesome awesome and y'all are welcome to any game y'all just let me know when. Say, oh, i think i'll definitely have no to come more. out and check it out <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be sideline reporter with you come on man i'm excited for it all right we'll be right back on your week your sports All right, we are back. John Glass here with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown uh, getting into some Austin P sports. A lot of stuff going on, Jeff, right now. Yeah, there is a ton of stuff going on right now in the world of Austin P. One thing I want to talk about first is the girls' golf team. Today, they actually moved up a spot on the scoreboard. Um, I think they're sitting right now 10th in the A-Sun Championship. They had a little bit of a rough day to start things off uh, on Sunday, which was the start mm-hmm. of the tournament. One day left to play. They're going to be out there tomorrow and they're going to try to try to make a run here for uh, maybe one of those finalist spots. Yeah, a lot of crazy weather going on. I think yep. on Sunday it was windy, it was rainy, not ideal golf conditions, obviously. Well, in our previous interview that we had yeah. with uh, head coach Jessica Combs, I believe she had stated that this is one of those courses that her team has struggled with before. They had that first their first tournament, I think at the beginning of the season uh-huh. this year, um, they had a tournament there, and she said that her girls on that first day struggled a little bit, and I think we're seeing a little bit more of that today, or this this tournament right yeah. here but austin p still a strong contender they are a team that likes to play deeper into tournaments however you're sitting in 10th spot right now i just yeah. don't know how much time you have left yeah they're currently they're crawling back we're recording this on tuesday they're crawling back uh trying to get up there into like ninth eighth position i think they're uh 13 over as a team on the day um yeah i mean it's just resiliency it was a tough sunday uh I mean, what are you going to do at that point? You know, Right. Moving things on, though, we do have the Austin P football team to look at because they had their red and black game over the past uh, this past weekend. And the black team took the W 50 to 43, a high scoring game, especially getting out there having some fun time. Oh, yeah. 50 43. Uh, you had Gerald Harrison and uh, the university president both kind of drafted their own teams. A lot of really fun stuff going on. Uh, see some returners like yep. running back CJ Evans. A lot of high flying action, fun stuff. They had a kickoff, yeah. like literally a kickoff between the this. kickers. We need this adopted in real game. Well, you know, <laughs> I think it was, uh, you know, to talk about another sports podcast, Pat McAfee yeah. had talked about doing it, when games go into deep overtimes, instead of just continuing the game, Lyman. is to make it a kickoff, is to, or like to go back and forth with kicks, kind of like soccer kick. Um, I think he was like penalty kicks. I think he was like get offensive lineman kickoffs. Yeah. at the end of the game, I would pay anything to see that happen. <laughs> shoot, they did it at Austin P. And then actually, I think I don't remember who all was participating in the context. I know starting kicker Maddox Trujillo was involved in yeah. it, but they kind of did a back to back five kicks, and then all of them made the five kicks, and then they went into a sudden death kickoff. Yeah. where the next person won it. So I think uh, whoever was kicking for the black team. 
during that and got the W. It's going to be fun to see this continue to grow, too, because this was the stri- second straight season. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Harrison and also uh, Michael Lacari did this kind of draft setup. So it's going to be awesome to see this grow. It's too. it's such a cool way to want to engage the campus. I yeah. mean, I think a lot of students find that there's a lot of fun in that. I mean, that's something cool that Austin P is doing right now to engage the athletics with the student body and also engage with the student athletes. I mean, it's something fun that you can do during the springtime before, you know, the real stuff starts coming up about getting ready for the real football season. So I think this is a cool little showcase thing. You can kind of see what Austin P football team has been working on. You can also go out there and see the fun side of all the administrative, like Mike Locari, who's the president of Austin P and Gerald Harrison, the athletic director getting out there, having a good time with uh, all of the Gov athletes. When you can tell they're having a lot of fun with it, you know, going out there competing, yeah, kickoffs, a lot of stuff and good crowds too. Like Scotty Walden's like, He's looking at these crowds. Oh. It's awesome. It's hard not to get excited when Scotty Walden's out because oh, he, so the, the amount of energy he throws out onto that field is incredible. I've had, I've had interviews with him afterwards, after games, uh, a couple days after, and he has still sounded hoarse because of yeah. how loud he screams and how much he gets into it. But that's not just him. He fosters that mentality and all of his coaches are the same way i mean i think all of his coaches get rough and loud rough and loud on those sidelines so i mean it's just a cool atmosphere to be at austin p right now yeah no they went seven and four last year got snubbed in the fcs uh tournament and uh he's he's back for vengeance right now because they want to keep progressing and progressing he signed that extension they want to make it to the fbs coming here in a couple years and that's going to be that's the thing to watch right now is whether or not austin p is going to make that lateral move to the fbs and i really want it to happen because i think austin p has performed so well the past few years i mean it seems ever since will healy coach will Mm -hmm. healy i mean every year since will healy left and really the year before will healy left we have been just consistently making smarter decisions as far as recruitment goes, as far as coaching staff goes, and it's really seen a lot of success for the governors. I don't, I don't think the question is if it happens, though. I think it's, it's when. when. Yeah. You know, I think... You I know, think there's a lot of approval barriers, though, that they're going to have to go through. That's just paperwork, Jeff. I mean... That's just I mean, they've already kind of aligned who's going to be in this possible new conference in the FBS. Oh, and also, I think they... Real quick, I'll let you continue. I think they're calling it the United Athletic Conference. Okay. You know, you haven't seen a new conference being formed in probably like over a decade. So it's... I can't remember the last one that made the switch. I want to say it was... It's been a while. Part of me thinks it was Southland, but I could be completely wrong on that. It's going to be a lot of really fun stuff happening for Austin because that is that next step you see. And it's not just football. It's baseball. It's it's softball. Everything is moving forward. Uh, We got the men's golf. They got the A-Sun Championship coming up next week. Um a lot of really cool stuff. And speaking on men's baseball, they are on fire. One game back of first place, uh, four wins in a row, um, seven runs or more in those four games, just offense on offense on offense. I mean, you want to talk about that, but also there, there are a kind of a later inning team. So this past sweep, they actually came from behind a little bit on Sunday mm-hmm. because they, they were down five to zero at uh, the fourth inning. Yeah. The bottom of the fourth, Austin P gets those five runs back after um, five straight hits, a home run, and then a couple more base hits brought in a couple more runs. So they tied the ball game back up, and then you walk into, I want to say it was the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin P, or actually I think it was the seventh. Austin P comes back out to bat, and they put three more runs across the plate. So, I mean, 
And this is not the only game that that's happened for the governors. I think this happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, governors had an 11-run comeback against UT Martin. I think it was 11. I might be wrong on that exact number. Yeah. But <clears throat> you see Austin P. it's like almost like they like those later runs. They like to score some runs later in the game. Yeah. Um, probably not by design, but that's just the way things play out a little bit. Maybe just trying to get used to pitchers that are on the mound for these teams. Playing lights out. You, I think you said it already. They're one game behind from the lead in the A-Sun right now, and they have a huge series coming up against Jacksonville down in Florida. The thing about it also is they've been dealing with adversity all season long, and that's something Roland Fanning touched on when I interviewed him previously for Clarksville now. So, you know, in game scenarios, they're battling back. That's no surprise just because how this team is set up throughout the season. See, and Roland Fanning knows what how this team is set up because he pretty much built this team. It's almost a whole, it's almost a whole entire new roster than what we see, what we saw last year after we brought Roland Fanning in as the head coach. And he has done a fantastic job with this program so far. I don't know what's in the diet Mountain Dew, but I think it's working pretty well for the Austin P. Governors. So is that is that like Michael Michael's secret stuff from uh, Space Jam? Yeah, I think so. Fanning secret <laughs> stuff is what it's in the Mountain Dew. That would be diet a funny. That would be a funny little bit. But no, like you were saying, yeah, they're built for that. They can be built for that back end to make resilient comebacks. But you saw also on Friday, back to back Jackson. I think this first inning, just getting off to it, uh, they were cooking just starting off with offense and like i said you see that with seven runs or more in the last four games four game win streak uh their record on the year they just got over 500 with that sweep this weekend 19 18 on the season overall 10 and 5 in the conference and one game back of that first place spot in the a sun i I really think they can clinch that a sun title too you know the thing about it is that's how big this jacksonville series is that's coming up this weekend it's ginormous because jacksonville is up there i think you have the standings pulled up well yes i also just important to note they're second in runs for in the in the league but also they've given up the fourth most runs allowed Mm -hmm. so if their pitching can really step up to a level where you know they can really clinch games because of it no one's going to be able to beat them no it's i mean it's you love to see that runs on and, and that's what it can do bringing you back runs resilient you just get that pitching dialed in just a little bit and i think austin p is going to do a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, right now, just to give you a little inside of the standings, Jacksonville State sits at 10-5 and five as well. So they're tied right now with Austin P. And that's Jacksonville State. So Austin P is playing Jacksonville, um, who's currently 9-6. and six. So it's not as big of a series. However, it just, de- just depends really on how uh, Florida Gulf Coast does, how Lipscomb does this weekend as well. I'm not exactly sure who Lipscomb is playing. Uh, part of me wants to say it's Kennesaw State, but mm-hmm. I believe that might be their softball team, so I won't speak on that one. But really, like we already said, Austin P one game behind. I mean, anything can happen, especially I think we, we counted it. left. Well, we, me and uh, me and Christian counted it yesterday. I believe it's twelve A Sun games left for the Austin P Governors moving forward. Yeah, um, including two contests against University of Tennessee, yeah. then also Ole Miss. Yeah. Which so they have some big names coming up. Yeah, but one thing to remember for the A Sun standings, it only matters about A Sun games. Exactly. You don't have to worry about the other games, non conference matchups. However, keeping that winning. Rolling, keeping things moving is always a plus. However, those are some big names. Rolling with rolling. Yeah, no, and it can get. And speaking on that Tennessee game, look, they were they took. I think it was Vanderbilt. So they was Vanderbilt. It was seven to eight. I want to say the ending score to that game. Austin P down by one, and that gives you that swagger going into that final stretch of A Sun game. So it's going to be really fun to see what happens with this A front uh, A Sun conference standing towards the end of the year. But I mean, they're not the only 
team that's winning over here, the softball team. Six of their last seven, 23-14 on the year, 11-4 in a Sun Conference standing. Uh, they themselves are only three games back, very, very competitive in the a Sun in softball. Yeah, this uh, over the over the weekend they had a series against Lipscomb. They made the trip over uh, down the road to Nashville for it. And uh, one thing I wanted to highlight was that very first game on Saturday. And they had a, they had a doubleheader on Saturday, winning both of those games. But that very first game won a huge player for them. They um, I'm forgetting the complete ending score, but they had total of uh, six runs, and five of those runs came from Skylar Sheridan. Now Skylar was playing as the designated player that game, um, designated hitter. Yeah. For, uh, in the softball world but um what was so cool was it came off of inside the park home run off of three errors so she a little hits a, league home run basically. yeah pretty much she kind of hit a blooper to uh the left or the, i guess it should be the right side of the pitcher's mound so third base grabbed it threw it to first over through the first baseman uh, sheridan takes off to second yeah First baseman decides to launch it uh, towards second, does not make a good throw, and it goes to the outfield. So Skyler, Little League style. Little, little League style. Sheridan makes it all the way around, but brings in another run right. with her. So that's two runs on the board. Huge difference maker. And that's in the second inning. And Heads then you up. go to the fourth inning, and she's back up to bat. And, you know, when you're sitting there, you don't really think that you're going to see anything too crazy after a crazy at bat like that. She rocks a ball to center field, and I mean, one of the most for sure home runs I've seen come off the bat. Gonzo. And, uh, yeah. Did she do a little bat flip? No, I don't. I didn't see the bat oh. flip, but I think she could have. It <laughs> yeah. would have been earned. Um, and then that brought in three runs for her, so made the game 5-0 to zero at that point. And then Austin P went on to, I think, score one more run on that. But um, she played absolutely incredible for the Austin P Governors over the weekend. A lot of these players did. Jordan Benefield was on the mound, and she is a lights out pitcher Always for Austin P. I yeah, mean, I'll tell you what. I was telling one of my buddies who was at the game with me, she just commands the mound. I mean, she is so calm and poised on there. She has, like, I don't want to say she, she resembles like she has no care in the world. Like, that's just how calm she looks on it. And so, and she was pitching fantastic as always. Um, I can see why Mm -hmm. so many people have a hard time hitting off of her because you don't really know when that rise ball is going to be coming. And you also don't know when that outside uh, off speed is going to be coming. And she can... She can deliver both of those pitches extremely well. The circle is her domain. Yeah, the softball team doing absolutely fantastic. Like I said, six of their last seven, seven of their last ten. That conference play is so tight in both uh, baseball and softball. They're only three games back. They play uh, UT Chat on Wednesday uh, with a three-game series coming up this weekend against North Alabama. So, uh, yeah. A lot of really awesome stuff happening in high school, um, in softball, and uh, yeah, real quick too, um, there is a big figure in Clarksville sports, uh, the world, that unfortunately passed away this past Thursday, Mr. Forney Abbott. Um, Anybody who has a child, a grandson uh, that played in baseball, high school, middle school, around this area, heck, even Little League. Forney Abbott is a staple. He was my coach back in high school. Actually gave me my nickname, Red. Uh, Red on the head. One of the nicest guys ever. Never turned a kid away from baseball. Uh, he will be greatly missed. Uh, prayers up to him, his family, his wife, Virginia. Um, but yeah, no. Really, really cool stuff happening in the world of sports. And uh, next week, it's going to be a lot of fun because... Oh, we're really gonna yeah. next week. We're, we're oh. gonna see uh, all the baseball stuff going on, uh, and then on top of that, I believe uh-huh. there's a uh, there's a small event going on for the NFL. The, I think some people call it the 
The draft? The, the draft? The, the playoffs. The draft is coming up next week, and uh, we're thinking of actually doing a little mock draft possibly for y'all. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got some different affiliations in here, uh, Jeff being a Cowboys fan, uh, Christian being a Steelers fan, and myself being a Titans fan. How about them, boys? A lot of really cool stuff happening. We'll get back to you next week, but uh, for Christian Brown, for Jeff Matthews, I'm John Glass. See y'all later.